Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. We play jams from local bands and artists that you can catch right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Ghostland Observatory, and they're playing New Year's Eve at the Mohawk. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I like that. A lot of uh, New Year's uh, celebrations going on. So thanks, my man Patrick, for uh, letting you know where you can go. All right, to go enjoy some of these uh, very talented human beings. And uh, we'll have that posted also at uh, thehornfm.com in case you missed any of those uh, selections for 512 Friday. I kind of like this groove, though. It is smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is smooth. smooth. Just kind of one of those mellow, just chilling type of deal. Yeah, Yeah. no doubt. Uh, All right. We'll get back to Longhorn football discussion. Go behind the burnt orange curtain. I'll be doing that in Roger Ram today. We'll also do it at the top of the 5 o'clock. So lots of Longhorn football discussion uh, to be had on the show. So don't worry about that. Uh, Hard Knock Life coming up at 4.30. What you got for the people? I'm going to talk a little bit about this season, but I'm also going to give my little year in review. Oh. Uh, what I thought about the 2023 year. Oh, like, I mean 2022 like, year. Like, the, like a sports overall? S- sports, life. Oh, really? Everything, man. Oh, I'm going to give you some extra time for no, that. No, not too much, but okay. just enough. Hey, there's just a enough. lot to cover. Yeah, though. there is a lot. All that noise, not yeah, yeah. Wow. It'll All be right. quick. I'm look, no, I don't be know good. how you're going to make that quick. Yeah, you'll see. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> All right, looking forward to it. Hard Knock Life, it's going to be obviously a a, it's a buffet, yeah. if you will. It's going to be smorgasbord of go. different topics for you coming up. He's going to do the year-end review coming up for Hard yeah. Knock Life. All right, we got Cowboys, Titans to discuss. Cowboys get the win over the Titans. Everybody thought that would happen. We just didn't know exactly how it would look. Uh, it was a 27-13 win for the Cowboys. And uh, unfortunately, I think the, the, I don't know if it's a sad story, but um, probably the bad news for the Cowboys coming out of the win, Tyler Biotish. Very much. Who have been playing really well for the Cowboys all season long. You know he's been playing well because we haven't, nobody's been complaining or criticizing uh, his play. Um, he actually suffered a high ankle sprain. That's the bad news. The good news was that the Cowboys, because they've had so much depth on the offensive line, it really didn't you know, decimate the O-line at all. I mean, they pretty much just plugged Connor McGovern in. Uh, he was at left guard to center. They moved the uh, Tyler Smith, who was at left tackle, to left guard. They put Jason Peters in at left tackle and just kept it moving. Yeah. And the thing about it is when you start looking at this team, and, and, and you know, I'm with you with the injury, to be oddish. I don't know. How significant it's going to be, mm-hmm. how what the role is going to be for this team, but there are some adjustments that need to be made, and we're lucky that we have a player like uh, Ty- Tyron Smith to be able to get in there and do what he's done, adjusting and going to the right side, so the young player can continue to get better at Tyler Smith, and then you got Jason Peters who's done his thing, Connor McGovern. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got some guys, and let's not forget about Zach Martin. I mean, he's a He's a Hall of Famer as well. So you start looking at how this team is starting to go and how they're starting to gel. But the biggest story coming out of this game is Dak and another interception. You know, he's he's throwing these picks. They win the game. I mean, I'm, I'm trust me, because I would I've been on the latter side where you haven't been winning these games. And the Cowboys, what number twelve? Win number twelve mm-hmm. already. Back to back seasons. And you know, I know I give Mike McCarthy a lot of crap, but. And Kellen Moore, of course. Yes, but you, you do. But, but you sit here and you continue to look that this team continues to win and they find ways to win. Whether it's a defense playing well, Nashawn Wright got toasted, good coverage, but he got a pick yesterday. Got a pick. I mean, he did some things good, but you start looking at this Dallas Cowboy team. And the one thing that we talk about a lot is you want to be hitting on all cylinders going into the playoffs. 
there's still a lot of things that they need to clean up. One of them being the same thing we talked about with the Texas Longhorns. The running game has to get better. It Because it, you win the games in new situations. You don't want Dak throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. We talked about that. We want to control it, not turn it over, Dak, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure that you're doing the things on the ground because that keeps the other team's offense off the field. It's actually amazing that Dak has turned the ball over as much as he has because he's got he's, lead, he has, he's tied with he's Derek tied Carr. With Derek Carr, yeah. <laughs> and Derek Carr got benched yeah. for that probably for that very reason. <laughs> um, but Dak's got ten interceptions in the last six games, tied for the NFL lead with fourteen, uh, missed five games. So I mean, he missed significant time. Um, so his interception rate is actually really high. He's actually lost a fumble too, and actually had yeah, four lost, fumbles, yeah. um, two in the last six games. So it's just. I, it's sometimes it's a lot. Of, sometimes it is bad luck. I mean, we've seen it bounce off guys' hands and uh, you know passes that have been tipped, things of that nature. But what's amazing is not that Dak's throwing a lot of interceptions. That's bad for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are still have the best turnover margin in the yeah. league. Yeah, that's because there was so much of a separation before. Wow, you know they were putting that's that amazing. pressure. Yeah, and then we got a chance to watch um, uh, Micah Parsons come off the bench with a broken. I mean, I don't know what he's got. I don't even know if it's broken. He's got but they a club. had him clubbed up. Yesterday, yeah, clubbed up, man. And he was still, they're still not getting to the quarterback the way that we would like for them to do it. No. But they're creating turnovers as well. Like you said, they got an interception, got a fumble recovery. They're making plays. They're making plays. And man. so those are some of the things that I continue to look at. But overall, I, I, a win is a win is a win, and we keep it moving. But they have to tighten some things up because, like this texter just said, in the playoffs, it gets, a, it gets magnified. It's, it's yes. bigger. You don't, you don't live for tomorrow. You got to play today there, to get to tomorrow. That's good. I totally agree. There, there are some things they're tightening up. Uh, they take Noah Brown, right? People complain about Noah Brown a little bit. They've started to try to transition T.Y. Hilton there more because they believe yeah. he's more of an explosive threat in terms of getting the ball vertically downfield and threatening uh, the, the seams of the defense and threatening those safeties. He did have five targets, four receptions, 50 yards. Yep. Fresh so, legs too. Fresh legs. That's a great point. And think about yeah. that. Yeah, the end of the season. That, fresh that, legs. That, that you know what? It looks like it. Yeah. For an older I, man. I will give you an update too. Mike McCarthy said today that Biotish is right. His skin was positive and he'll start rehabbing in the morning. I don't think he'll be available for Washington, but it's better than we anticipated, so that was good news. Thank that you. But Mike news. McCarthy said today. I'm down with nice that. update there. Uh and, and know, know something else I like? CeeDee Lamb's ascent. Mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb continues to stay on the Ballin. trajectory. Exactly. Be yep. wide receiver one. Some people question whether he, you know, had that that type of ceiling. And yep. I, I, I thought it was kind of a preposterous conversation. So of course he's got that. Because we've seen it. We've exactly. seen it ourselves. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, I, yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe we had been looking at it too yeah. much because we were too close to it seeing him in yeah. Oklahoma. Um, but I thought there was no question. I love the way they're using him now, though. He is arguably the best slot receiver in terms of productivity in the league, the way they move him around. But he's the first Cowboys receiver now since Terrell Owens in 07. Yeah. Three straight 100-yard games for the Cowboys. And think about that. That's crazy. Think about how long it was. Since you've had a wide receiver to come out there and do that, that's that wild. means that Dez didn't even do that. Dez didn't do it. You know, Mario Cooper didn't right. do it. Right? They didn't do it. And yeah, then I'm, you got uh, I'm surprised. Who now has said, "I am the number one." Yeah. You know, he's he's showing us now, and I I missed out on my parlay last night. All I needed was CD to catch oh, a touchdown. Come on, CD. CD. I mean, come on, Dak. Yeah. Hey, for hey, CD. Let's blame Kellen Moore. We can all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Give that man some love. Uh, but, no, you're, yeah, you, you're right about uh, the fact that, you know, the Cowboys, they they do have – listen, because they, they're still winning, but they're, 
they're still vulnerable. They look like they're a team that could be beat. You no. want to see them win some of these games um, in a you know a, a real I would say confident fashion. Right. Um, and I that twenty fourteen points is fourteen points. They did correct. I mean they did. I don't know if they covered. It was a push. Yeah. Uh, you said, but I don't know. I thought the I thought the Cowboys looked good considering Thursday night short. Or week or weird, yeah, I think weird, Saturday. weird week, I yeah, should say, yeah. with the uh, the holidays and going and a Saturday the, game the week before. Yes, yeah, so I just think <laughs> it, I think they looked okay considering injuries. No Tony Pollard, yeah, and Zeke's just not the same running back. Zeke's effective, but he's not the same back at all. Yeah. he's lost that short area burst and quickness. Right, I mean, he, he you know he's he's still effective for a short yardage, but I think for that that burst in quickness, he's only, he's only got so much so much of that in the tank. That's fair. Game. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, but we got a chance to see uh what was his name? Malik Davis last night. He was That's running right. the ball well. He yeah, looked yeah. good running the ball. So there's some spark that is still there. But I'm with you. Um obviously when you have that two back set with Tony Pollard and you have Zeke, you got that yin and the yang, thunder, lightning, or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Bring him in for the short yardage. Let Pollard get you down there, and then let Zeke go in there because that'll keep his legs fresher. Yeah, and that way he'll have those moments. So it, it's still frustrating to me because that that when we were sitting and talking, we saw the list of players that were not going to be playing for Tennessee. So you thought the that mm-hmm. the Cowboys would have kind of run away with it a little bit more, but we were still kind of hanging around. Like, what is really happening? Like, but but again, they are professional football players, so. Then they're looking at their opportunities. Yeah, no, I, I think the Cowboys right now in a good place. You need Dak to make better decisions, I guess, in the playoffs when you play better competition. Um, but Dak's not. I know this sounds weird. He's throwing interceptions, but he's not playing bad. Right? No, he's, he's not. He's just, he's just he's just turning the ball over. He's just turning the ball yeah. over and making you know too many mistakes. But he's not playing bad football. Derek Carr is playing bad football. That's why he got benched, even though Dak is. You know, tied for the lead interceptions with Derek Carr. And another thing I I think they have to uh, start doing with Dak to try to make, maybe settle Dak down a little bit, you know, I, I would put Dak on the move a little more. Yeah. Dak, Dak's good when you move the pocket, move the launch point a little bit. Yeah, I think that would help Dak out a little bit too sometimes. Um, and he's he's great with the play action game. He's actually that's where he's the strongest, and we is, don't do it enough. Yeah, and I was gonna say they should use more play action and more RPOs. He's right. really good in the he's RPO really game. Really good with that and the play action game. They should. So I think they just start using some concepts just to make the offense a little more user friendly for Dak. But at this point in his career, you shouldn't be talking about those things. Right. I agree with that. Yeah, you, I agree with that. Dak's supposed to be considered uh, upper echelon quarterback, and yeah, you can't have 14 picks. No. After you miss five games in week it's 17. Like you, you're trying to catch up, trying to get it all there, trying to throw the yeah. ball there. I mean, there's just so many things that you, you question. But again, I will take all those questions. For a 12-win football team going on 13, Being nitpicky. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah. But that's what you expect from a team like this. we well, got to be nitpicky. But because you know that in the NFC, <sighs> right now, I think we all still believe only the 49ers and the Eagles are better than the Cowboys. Yes. Some people would say, hey, what about the Vikings? They beat the Vikings, and they beat them handily, so I wouldn't throw the Vikings in there. But the Vikings, of course, have you know 12 wins as well. 12 or 11? 12. They got 12. Yeah, 12. Yeah, 12, 12 and so 3 12, or yeah, something Yeah, 12 and 3. Like they, know, they haven't played, of course, yet, and the Cowboys already have. So um, I, I still would say the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers are the biggest threat to the Cowboys in the NFC. And this Cowboys team, as, as good as they are, because they're a 12-win team, yep. I don't think they're better than the 49ers, even with Brock Purdy. 
and the Eagles right I, now. I, man, I'm still in, in that the, camp too. With, with Jalen Hurts healthy, I know they. And I know they've beaten the Eagles twice. I get it. Uh, yeah. And all that. I, I get all that. But I'm just saying. Uh, I'm still in that camp. Yeah. I'm still in that camp. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 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 looking at it the same way because. We can go here and look at what the 49ers are doing, especially on the defensive side. And we all know you play good defense, you got a chance to win the ball game, whether it's three to three, three to five, three, whatever it is. You could be a low scoring game if you're playing high level defense because you, all you need is one big play. That's what Tom Brady's been doing for the last couple of weeks. He's been getting mm-hmm. lucky because his defense has been keeping him in the game. And then all of a sudden, boom, he makes a big play late in the game. And that's where you're at. So. Yeah. Nope, you're right about that. So, yep. Cowboys uh, win. I can't say a big win, but they got every win now late in the season. Is it's, big. it's huge. You don't want to be uh, losing games late in the season. That momentum, you want to be confident going into the playoffs. Right now, the Cowboys should be. Cowboys beating the Titans 27-13. to uh, The uh, I want to go back to the injury on the offensive line to Tyler Biotish. Mm-hmm. I would say, strangely enough, the Cowboys have – it's almost been a blessing in disguise – with the Tyron Smith injury early on, everybody thought that would just be yep. – uh, honestly, I think it would be the end of, be, of the season. I, I thought most people thought, oh, man, when Dak got hurt and it, then you dealt with the Tyron Smith injury, your left tackle and your quarterback, uh, we thought, man, the Cowboys season is pretty much done. And they might as well start tanking. Um, the Cowboys really did de- manufacture a lot of depth on the offensive line. Also, when you got Jason Peters, that helped too, but that was part of the crisis they were in trying to figure out how to patchwork the offensive line. And now towards the end of the season, and you lost your starting center, and it wasn't even – it was a big deal. It yeah. was a big deal. But it wasn't something that set you back and to- totally you know, debil- made it a debilitating loss for you. Right. You made some moves. You moved uh, you know, Connor McGovern over, Tyler Smith. Moved back to uh, left guard where everybody thought he was going to start, but he ended up starting at left tackle because of Tyron Smith injury. Um, and then you had Jason Peters, who you brought in as an emergency piece on the yep. offensive line, who's played right tackle for you now and played left tackle. Hell, did they put him in? Did they put him in guard too at one point? Mm-hmm. He's played yeah, three he played positions on the O line already. Yeah, and he got uh, Tyron Smith playing right tackle, and he's played left tackle for you. Uh, now you got Connor McGovern, who's also giving you time. I'm assuming he's going to start the next game at center. So that's another guy who's played two positions on the O-line for you, Tyler Smith. You've got four guys on your offensive line who's played at least two positions on the O-line this year. Right. Out of necessity at times, but it's manufactured a ton of depth on your O-line. And if it wasn't for that emergency or that crisis early on in the season, I don't know if you'd have the depth right now. Because right. you had to manufacture had depth to, yep. to play those guys in different positions. And then you brought in Jason Peters. And now that's why you have the depth to withstand this type of injury to your starting center, who's playing really well, by the way. Who's playing really, really well at a very yeah. high level. And, again, to your point, that's why the development of all these offensive linemen has been great. You, you, you got lucky with the Jason Peters. Let's be honest. My man was just sitting at home, and we were talking about everything else. Then all of a sudden you get a chance to pick up a guy like that who's a veteran, who understands it, and is not afraid to make the adjustments. And then you're lucky enough to get Tyron Smith back who, you know what I'll do? I'll move over to the right side because you need help. A position that he hadn't played in what, since his career started? I think it was like at the very beginning when he first got into the league, and then he makes the adjustment and he's kind of held it ground. And then, of course, Conor McGovern and Zach Martin. I mean, those are some big-time uh, acquisitions and the what we talked about, too, the cohesiveness of everything. Dak is o- enough to move in the pocket. He's able to manipulate the pocket every once in a mm-hmm. while where it doesn't – it's not going to show too much, but they still have to 
figure out a way to make it simple. You still have to simplify this offense for me, especially with all the changes that we just talked about. There's a lot of changes. Let's not try to go too far. I know they're all they're they're all pro players, yeah. but sometimes don't make it so tough for them. Make it easy for them because you do have those pieces. You just talked about CD becoming a number one wide receiver, and then we got lucky with T.Y. Hilton because that was perfect because everybody kept thinking about Odell Beckham Jr. He's got fresh legs, and he looks like he can still go get it. He does. He, he looks That's like good. he can still turn it up. Yeah, he'll so be ready I'm for the playoff push. That. Yeah, yeah, that was a good decision because for the playoff push, he seems like he'll be ready to go, and he'll be more familiar with the system or comfortable in the system by then. Dalton Schultz still one of Dak's favorite weapons too. Mm-hmm. Um, so Two they, TDs. Yeah. So I, I listen. I like the way the offense is shaping up, but I, I think they handled the crisis on the offensive line probably as well as anybody could have. Yeah. Um, and now I believe it's now become a bit of a, it's an asset form that that manufactured depth and bringing in guys like Jason Peters that the Tyler Biotish injury, which I thought would have been a a huge story coming out of this game, really not that big of a story because the offensive line still uh, held its own against yeah. Jacksonville. And I get it. It was the Titans, so it's not, you know, people people say, oh, it's the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. You know, they didn't, they didn't have Derrick really Henry. The they didn't have you know, their starting quarterback. I get all that. That's, it's the NFL. Yeah. You know, you can talk about those things, but nobody's calling Brock Purdy right now third-string quarterback. He's the starter. He's the starter. He's rolling <laughs> He's with it. He's the starter. Uh, yeah, it's just, that's, that's the NFL. Everybody's got – the Cowboys dealt with it early in the season. I just brought it up. Had their right. backup left tackle and their backup starting quarterback had to go win games. Um, and what happened? Right. They won games. Yep. Yeah, nobody wants to hear the excuses in the NFL. I get it. Yeah, you're right. That Tennessee Titans team wasn't, you know, they wasn't at full strength. They were missing key starters, but everybody's missing key starters at this time. Right. That's the reality of the NFL. That's football. (laughs) That's football. Injuries are going to play a part no matter what. Uh, All right, so what you got coming up on Harsh Knock Life? I'm going to talk a little bit about the year and the year in review. There was a lot that happened, and some some of it started right here at the Horn, but then some of it had some things going on earlier in the year as well. So we'll get into that and break it all down, and I can't wait to uh, see how you guys react to it. All right, Harsh Knock Life, year in review. We'll talk about that coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's right. We get down on Fridays letting you know about local artists. Artists? Local artists in the area. And uh, you get the breakdown, but I promise you... This one right here with Jay Z, Hard Knock mm-hmm. Life. He's not gonna be in town unless Patrick knows something. I don't. I don't know if it's gonna be there. So <laughs> we hope. Uh, <laughs> but we love it when you're a part of the show on the Specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. You can follow us on Twitter at Hardball Hard. My man at Rod Rod Babers, and of course at Patrick Davis or it's Patrick Davis. I want to go not necessarily in chronological order, but I want to talk a little bit about the year of 22. I mean, there's so many things that have happened throughout this year, whether it's Mm -hmm. starting the year off January 1st, all the celebrations, and then obviously tonight or Saturday ending uh, 22 and bringing in 23. But during this time, there's been so many things that have happened in the sports world and real life. And and I want to start with this was the first, this is the year I turned 50. 
Hey. You know what I'm saying? This was the year <laughs> that I turned 50. Oh, so man. it's like, man, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I love this. I love the fact that I'm in there. At first, it was scary, but I got a chance to have a lot of friends and family come in and celebrate it. You only turn 50 once. And, mm-hmm. and I was thankful to have uh, be blessed. My best friend had come into town. Wife surprised me and flew him in and didn't even know he was coming in town, but it was a great time. And one of my childhood friends that I grew up with, he came in town, didn't know he even knew that I was having a party, but somehow, uh-huh. some way. So <laughs> you got to, to talk to a bunch of people and have a great time. Some kids that I coached, coached before and their families got a chance to come to the party as well. So it was always good time and I was blessed to be able to do that but I was also blessed this year to be able to call um, basketball games I got a chance to do some ESPN stuff kind of launched my career and got me really going into the the uh, television realm and had those opportunities Mm. with Flow Baseball and ESPN plus I got a chance to call a uh, baseball game with Craig Way. Told yeah. you that was one of those huh. things that was on my bucket list. I was like, man, if I can do that with Craig Way, That's I'm real. doing some things. I feel you know what I'm saying? So I was thankful that That's Craig real. gave me that opportunity, and I hope to be able to do some more again this year. I also wanted to put out there, too, you know, you start looking around, and and there was an opportunity for me from last year. I took a job with another station, and there was times where it was like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this. It was a different market. I just really wanted to be here in this area and back on the airwaves. And on February the 4th, we made the announcement. We made the announcement that I was going to be joining this show. And, you know, when at the very beginning, people were still trying to adjust and, and trying to figure out, oh, who is this guy? Where did this guy come from? And all that stuff. And I still got my haters on the, on the Specs text line, but I love it because that means that I'm doing something. <laughs> you don't get haters if you're doing stuff that's good, right? Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta get them. You, they start looking for you. So I, I'm, I'm thankful to be here with Rod Babers and my man Patrick Davis and the ARN family. We've had a great, great time. But during that time as well, you start looking at what's happened in the sports realm and what has been going on. You got a chance to see the L.A. Rams win a Super Bowl. And I had predicted once they got uh, Matthew Stafford, I thought that was the missing piece. And now we're starting to look at what uh, Jared Goff is doing. And we're like, well, maybe it wasn't just all about that. (laughs) But now you're seeing, okay, now they got their Super Bowl. (laughs) Then we also saw the fact that Tom Brady retired. Yeah. And then he unretired. Boom. That's what sports is all about. I think I'm done. I want to be done. I want to be with my family. Well, you know what? I don't want to be at home. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to play football. <laughs> football is my family. That's my <laughs> love. So that's where I want to be. So you start looking at that. Then we got Serena Williams. Serena Williams mm-hmm. walked away. Yep. And she will probably go down in history as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, women's athlete or athlete, period because of what she was able to do. And it's just, you know, you start looking back at some of the things that we expect. You look at, uh, we got a chance to watch the Longhorn baseball team have an historical season numbers-wise, led by Ivan Melendez, who won every single award that you could possibly win. And it was very impressive to watch it because you know how hard it is in baseball to to be that locked in the entire time. And for him to be able to do that, it's been outstanding. So I'm really impressed with that. And then we also got a chance to watch Aaron Judge, again, in the baseball realm, do something that has never been done one time. 
And he just did it. He broke the American League home run record hmm. by hitting 62 home runs. I mean, those are things that that really you start looking at how hard the game is. Rod, you played in the NFL. You know how hard it is when you see a DB mm-hmm. make that turn and that run. Yep. I played professional baseball for a long time, and I got a chance to play with and against some great baseball players. I know how hard that is. And, again, he was, what, a couple points away from winning a triple crown. And the last one was Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. So you start looking at those types of things. And then you get a chance to go, and we can make it even closer right now. We just watched the World Cup. And it's one of the most watched World Cups in the history of it in the game. One of the greatest finales. And the too. greatest finale. <laughs> and we got yeah. Messi, who all he wanted to do was win that. That would cap off his great career. And he got it. He finally got it. But you got to see the young up-and-coming Mbappe. Yeah. And we talk so much about the Austin FC this year that we have now become infatuated with soccer. Never thought I would be able to do that. That's true. And I live in a soccer household. So your your wife is (laughs) a soccer aficionado. Yes. And my son playing right now. So it's been so much change in this world. But the one thing that continues to be there is – what I want to see for other people going into the next year is let's try. We're going to be very critical of certain things. We're going to, that's what our jobs are when we're sitting here on this show. But when we start looking at the next season and what's going to be going on, what are our true goals? And I'm going to say for me, the true goal for the Texas Longhorn football team mm-hmm. is they have to be playing for a Big 12 championship. Hmm. I think this is – we. Ep- like you said the other day, Rod, and you were very mm. passionate about it. We can't accept mediocrity. That's not what this was built on. Yeah, this is we can't become the people that are just excited that they want X game or uh, yeah. this game or that game. It's creeping no, in. You can feel it. It's creeping right. in. Long fans are like eight and five, man. That was great. Right? Like, what? Oh, 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 that's uh, no, not great. That's they, not great. They, they improved. But still got a long way Not to go. Great. Let's acknowledge where they where they've come from and the advancements and all the you know obviously the progress and the improvement. But let's make sure we keep the standard. What the standard is the, the standard. standard is don't the lower standard. the standard. Don't just because don't. your expectations are low. That's your expectations. Thank you. Your expectations are not the standard. Correct. The standard is the standard. Correct. All right. Because I played here and won eleven games two years in a row and we failed. Because we didn't meet the standard. The standard's the standard. And that was when people started to get spoiled. And yeah. that was the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, you are now, you, now, that is what every player should be looking to. 11 and playing for a national championship should be playing for a Big 12 championship. And we can't keep saying, oh, we're being too critical. You got to think about this. You got. There were a lot of young players when you were playing, and mm. you were still pushing to the top. Come on now. And that's where we as, as fans – we can look at it and say they did good this week, but they still need to improve on this, this, and this. They exactly. need to get to this point and this point and this point. They, these guys, we're we're past all the five stars. We're past all that. You got them. You got them. You have them. NIL. Thank Everything. You. BMDs. Holla back. Big money donuts. Pancake factory. <laughs> right. Get at your boy. Texas One Fund. Yeah, right. Holla at you. The, uh, the collective. The Appreciate collective. Y'all. Yeah. Right at you. <laughs> now we have to go to that next level. Yep. And it's not just in football. We see what volleyball was able Ooh. to do and has been very consistent. Exactly. Very consistent. And because it, you know why? 
They ain't changed their standards. And there's some volleyball fans who are like, oh, no, no, we underachieve. Right. We should have more titles. We should there's have more titles. Volleyball. Yes. There's some Longhorn volleyball fans. They'll tell you, oh, no, we should have more titles. Absolutely. That's the standard. And that is why <laughs> when we looked at last night's game, and that's why I said I'm going to transition it back to football, when we looked at last night's game and we talked about it on our pregame show, you and I had the discussion with E. Hogan. Are we looking at a team that is trying to finish it out? Finish out the regular season and just go out, this is 23, I mean 22? Or is this a team that is going to make it for 23 where we can sit here and start to build? We talked about the buildup going into this game. I said Michael Penix Jr. is here. They're a 10-win team. They're trying to get to 11, and they're trying to put their name in the conversation Mm -hmm. for next year. And he wants his name at the top for the um, Heisman Trophy. So how are how are we wrong for expecting more out of this program when we're spending all the money on the coaches, mm-hmm. you're spending all the money on the facilities, you're bringing in all these five-star, four-star players that are expected to achieve the, the, the goals in which we have all set, and the standard is what's set by you guys. Mm-hmm. The foundation has been there. And then CB, our man CB, thank you CB, and and. Hope you have a very new year, man, because Shout you out. have done a lot and you are what we call a uh, volunteer executive producer uh, of the show. No question. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he tweeted out today, he said, that's another five loss season. It would make, and it's a 10 season out of the last 13 with five losses or more. From 98 to 09, from 98 to 09, they only had one five loss season in 1999. Hmm. When the team played for a Big 12 championship. Yeah, the standard. The standard. And that is why <laughs> it, is a, it is a very valid point. And people can't get mad when we come on these airways and we're, we're pissed off at mediocrity. That is not the standard at this university. And you're always telling us. That's the thing. Everybody, every commercial, we are so proud. What starts here changes the world. Exactly. What's going on? You got, exactly. I mean, it's just so much that's out there. <laughs> exactly. But we're still just letting it ride. And this mm-hmm. yesterday's performance, even though they battled back, even though they didn't have Bijan and Rojo, and they're not going to have them next year either, folks. Mm-hmm. That's why I said this was an opportunity for us to look at 23 in last night's game. That's why it's frustrating with the loss. Now, I know we. Just, I just told you, that's, that's a team that it's – they won 12 games this year. I mean, 11 games this year. Mm-hmm. That's that's big time. I don't care who, what conference they're playing in. They won 11 you games. You 11 games. You're, da- you're a good team. Yeah, damn good team. You're a damn good team. You're a damn good team. But the adjustments that need to be made need to start from within. There's so much that has to happen going into this 23 year. And the standard is already there. But the standard does not need to be five lost seasons in what? 2017, we lost six. 2019, we lost five. Last year, we lost seven. And this year, we lost five again. That does not need to be. That is not the standard. That's not the standard. That no. is not and, the and standard. Again, it, just because they're not meeting the standard, because it is a really high standard, doesn't mean they shouldn't receive praise. Because no. there's been progress. We've seen this team get better. The issues that existed last year that seemed to be systemic at times, uh, those are not the same concerns we have this year. And we've been um, nitpicky 
all right, and yep. detailed in our critiques because they are not macro issues. They are smaller issues. They are micro issues, but still costing Texas football games. And that's why Texas had five losses all by one, uh, each by at least one score yep. um, because they're in these football games. But the standard is not to be in the football games. Those are, those are moral victories, and guys, you, you know it, all right? Yep. And we don't celebrate moral victories around here, all right? We they, should never. You should never get never. used to celebrating moral victories. So to me, yeah, I, I, my standard is high, but the, the, I think the standard should always stay the standard. A lot of you out there have lowered your standard, and that's fine. After right. a decade or so of average football and mediocrity, I understand what you say. Yeah, you know what? It's realistic to lower my standard. So to you, eight wins is a great year. Well, good for you. I don't lower my standards. Exactly. All right? Exactly. I don't lower my standards. That's why it took me to 40 years old to get married. I ain't lowering my standards. All right? Preach. <laughs> the standard going to be the damn standard. Right. And that's what it's going to be until somebody meets that standard. There will be praise in between. And, Correct. And criticism. Fair. Uh, and I'll try to be as fair as I can and balanced as I can. But the truth is, Texas has not met that standard in quite a while. And we shouldn't lower it just because our expectations are not lower. Difference between expectations and the actual standard. That's right. Because we're walking around here screaming every day, Texas, hook them. Fight, Texas fight. Yeah. Oh, you on, sucks. Guys. Everybody sucks. Yeah. And it's like, no, man. The brand deserves better. Exactly. Period. If the you're not playing for a better. Big 12 championship, and if you're not getting yourself into a New Year's Six Bowl in the process, it's a failed, it's a failed year. You can't call it a successful you year. You cannot. <laughs> so you maybe did some things maybe, well maybe this year. We're somewhere in between the, right. the success and, and, and failure, but you definitely can't call it a success Agreed. if you didn't play for championships. So I, w- I w- definitely wouldn't call it a failure. I just want to say, I think there's room in between uh, yep. in a gray area there. But around the university, they've had a lot of success, whether it's soccer, whether it's swimming, whether it's tennis, golf, winning national championships, mm-hmm. and, of course, the volleyball um, the volleyball team has done an unbelievable job. But again, nobody really talks about all the other sports except for football. Anytime you have a conversation with anybody across the country, they'll be like, what's up with y'all's football team? Hey, well, <laughs> our volleyball team won. Oh, yeah, our golf true. team just killing it. That's a great But what's point, up though. with your football team? When people team? see that hat, when they see Ex- the long one, several when I'm wearing it in Idaho somewhere. They talk football. Exactly. They were like, what's up with your football team? Man? They will give on? a shout out. Hey, good job with your volleyball team. What's up with your football team? Pretty much. That's that's how that conversation goes, and that's how it will always go. <laughs> I always say, man, Texas, man, for me, I was coming because of the baseball. They were doing their thing. They always making that trip they to are, Omaha. They're blue blood. But the conversation always go back to the football team. And when your football team, when they're, when they're getting that trophy that they got from uh, the Capital One Cup, for the best athletics, Sark came in that same room mm-hmm. that John Fields is in or Eddie Reese is in. He's sitting at a different part of the table. That, that, they they yeah. having the conversations. Of, he's like, man, they did, they, they did all that, huh? Oh, no, I think think people believe that when the football team finally starts, you know, holding up their end of the bargain, that Texas is going to dominate the directors. Correct. That it won't even be close. So put your your pen to paper and start getting it done. Yeah. Because that is what we expect. Did you improve from last year? Absolutely. Yep. You still have five losses this year because you got to a bowl game. You ended up losing it. You could have had nine wins. And the conversation is totally different. Yeah. But the standard is the standard. Yeah. So. Uh, and like I said, I said I Happy think, New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for Sark, but I, I love that Sark is headed in the right direction. There were there, there was some, there was very little to minimal regression this year, right? If at all, in some phases or in some different areas. For the most part, 
everything overall improved and got better. No doubt. And he's still got a ways to go. Got to yep. get to got to get to double digit wins. I think that's where you kind of start as a Longhorn fan. Start believing that okay, we not. I'm not even gonna say those words. Texas being back, not going there. Don't do uh, that. That Texas now can be a contender and in a championship conversation. You could have been got, a contender. You got yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would be in a championship conversation. You got to yep. win double digit games or be on your way to winning double digit games. Yep. If Texas was on its way to winning double digit games, I mean, not losing to Oklahoma State or not losing to Tech or beating Alabama. They're probably in the Big 12 title game. Now they win it, but they're in it. But they, yes. <laughs> I know they win it, but they're yes. in it. Yes. And then you look at a team like TCU that is playing in the playoffs, turn their season around. They had a five and seven season. Gary Patterson got let go halfway through the season, had an interim coach, yeah. finished it out, made the hire for Sonny Dykes. Although that's the same, you know, a lot of players that are, are old Gary Patterson players, mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because of the simple fact he made the best of it. Whatever he had, he went and got it, and now they're playing in the playoff game. Very true. Yeah. And we're still trying to figure out how we're going to get to the Big 12 championship game. Uh, next year. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think happen. for Longhorn fans to consider next year to be a success, you're talking about double-digit wins and are a Big 12 title appearance. Yep. And or. So I'd say even win nine games, you make it to the Big 12 title game. I'm not going to be that right, particular. Right. Whatever the number is say, to get to I the Big 12 title game. I think it's game. double digits and or a Big 12 title game appearance. Because we won double digit games and didn't play in the Big 12 title game. So I know how that can be. We won 11 games one time and didn't go to the Big 12 title game. Yep. Our own fault. Once again, failed to meet the standard. Uh, but, yeah. So I think I think next year that's what Lohan fans are. And I think that's something that's easily, not easily, but something that can be achieved. by Correct. Uh, Coach Sark, and if he can't, we'll call him Steven. And that's the rest fair. Of his time here. That's fair. <laughs> we'll call him Steven for an entire season. <laughs> and I'm down for Steven that. for the season. There It'll it is. The that boy got lyrics. The season of Steven. Twenty three to me. No, hopefully it is not the season of Steven. <laughs> I want the season of Sark. All right, because Sark is the guy. I don't want to see Steven out there. I love okay, it. Who did we see? Um, dog cussing uh, a, an official for ESPN. Come on. Was it Steven or Sark? That was straight up Steven. That, oh, that, that was Steven? Was Steven. Well, Steven's an a-hole. We'll <laughs> come back right here on Paul Dolan, wonderful.org. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. And it looks as if Steve Sarkeesian is trending for the wrong reasons. Pretty soon, this will probably be on TMZ. Um, And UTMZ was (laughs) all too frequent last season. What, Texas made TMZ like three times last year, three or four times? There was, a lot, the, was a lot of bad stuff. There was a lot of random on. Texas with TMZ and five and seven. That just it wasn't a good look. Well, no. Texas better this year, of course, eight and five. But um, this video hasn't made to TMZ, but something tells me tomorrow by the time I wake up, TMZ mm-hmm. will have this up there. So Sark apparently was, and I'll give Anwar Richardson some credit of Orange Bloods. He was videoed uh, before coming out of the tunnel with the team to start the Alamo Bowl. He was videoed going off 
on what looks to be like a broadcast official. The guy's got like a headset on. And he looks like I may, he might be working for ESPN or working for, I don't know, whoever is handling the broadcast there. And he is trying and probably in an awkward manner, I will admit that. Because he, he's got his hands on Sark's chest. And on an, in an awkward manner, he's trying to hold up Sark physically. So he is putting his hands on Sark. Um, Sark did not like this at all. On the video, um, Sark is seen essentially having a mini tirade. Just having a little temper tantrum where he goes off on this guy. It's hard to read lips. Some people uh, are saying he dropped a couple F-bombs. Uh, I, I can read lips good. Did he drop an F-bomb and an MF-bomb? And it was the MF that really. Uh, some people are speculating yeah. that the uh, what was said, obviously we don't know because you're just reading lips. Yep. Don't effing touch me again, MF-er. Get your effing hands off me. Now, we could just be mistaken in reading these lips, but he was very angry. So it definitely wasn't something pleasant that he said to the guy. Get your Yeah. So yeah he, wasn't, he wasn't just yelling at him like, I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and you have a Happy New Year. <laughs> that, no. With that, that type of energy, I did not get that from that. So, uh, yeah, this video is making the rounds now. And it, it's, a, it's honestly, a, we don't know the history either. We don't know the background. All we get is... You know, what is it, 20 seconds of the video or whatever it is. And we don't know what happened before that. So before that, who knows? The guy might have provoked. So or maybe it's before that. So I was like, hey, man, could you please not touch me? I'm just not in the mood right now to be touched. Don't touch me. Please don't touch me. I have no idea. We don't know before that. But all we know is in the video, it looks like Sark just just gives this, just dog cusses this guy and gives him the business. And Sark, he's obviously, he's on, he's tense. He's on yeah, edge right now, yeah. getting ready to go out there. He's going to see his ex. As a, as, as, he's as, going to see his ex out to there. To me, I'm glad you brought it up. That's a good point, Arch. I think it kind of shows that Sark, he wasn't, he wasn't confident and like cool going into this game, thinking, oh man, we're about to. Yeah, we're, we're about, about to, to let it loose it. on these boys. And, man, they have no idea what they're about to see from this brand-new Texas football team. No, no, he was on edge and a little anxious yep. because I think he had been watching practice and knew his team wasn't ready to play. Yeah. His team wasn't ready. So it, it it's like when your wife comes home and starts screaming at you about the, the, the trash or the dishes. It ain't really about the trash or the dishes. Mm-mm. And, sorry, it wasn't about that man holding you up there in no. the tunnel. You knew your team wasn't ready to was, play. And you was going to have to answer <laughs> some tough questions. Yeah, after the game. That's what it's about to me. That's what I get. Yeah. What about you guys? That's what I get. So I think Sark knew my team ain't ready to play. And usually Sark, when this team's ready to play, he's out there. You ever seen him before in the tunnel? Oh, he's yeah. hyped. He's hyped. He's young at his guys. He's, he's like, let's yeah. go, let's go. Yeah. I think he knew. Push like, your Knicks guys. Got mm-hmm. his hands on them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think sorry. I think he. I think this is yeah. insecurity. Showing yeah, it, it was. I mean, yeah. like, there was some weird because first the first part of the video is the guy goes up and says like either. A couple minutes or a hold back or whatever. whatever it is. And yeah. Sark's response is a cordial, like, okay. Like, he, the first response he has to him isn't anything. He's just like, gotcha. And then he doesn't really move forward, and the guy puts his hand on him, and then it's a drastic overreaction. <laughs> now, granted, I will give him. If someone did grab my chest the way the man grabs Sark's chest, I might be more upset because I'm is like, there? man, he got a full cup there. It was awkward. It was, awkward. It was an awkward full cup awkward, grab there. Grab, so yeah. I would have, I would have been like, hey, dude, not not cool. Yeah. But I would not have gone full on like, 
that seems like one of those things where you know when when you're like, hey man, I need to let off a little steam on this person, just a little bit. I'm just going, I'm just going to open the top just a little bit, and then the tops across the room, and you're punching a wall, and you're like, oh, oh no, little steam, little steam. You know that, that blew up. You come back down like Hulk, your clothes are ripped, and you're like, what just happened? Oh man, how did we get here? I feel like it was that kind of moment here? that he had yeah. a lot of stuff like you're going right. through the whole week and trying I'm to be cordial, you. everybody. Exactly. And you see, like we were talking before the game about how much more access. The press gets to everybody. Great point. And I bet he's like walking around, he's like my players are talking to press before the game. Yeah, and that, I don't want them talking. He, hey, man, don't talk to that guy. And whatever happened with Jaden Blue, that man, he didn't get in the game. Maybe that's on his mind. That's a great yep. point. So no, I right. think there's a lot of things on his mind, and he went to just crack that little <laughs> bit of steam. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> don't touch me led to oh, beep beep wow. beep beep. No, that's a great description too. Because you're right. Initially, it seems like. He understands that the the guy's holding him up for some production reason because they're not they don't have the right shot the, the camera's not in the right position whatever no. it may be and then it, es- it escalated quickly. Somebody told me that when they read lips, they said that I just saved fifteen percent by switching the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I've seen I've seen that exact look. Yeah. this past week in the airport <laughs> by everybody Southwest counters. I, I saw that. Did they cancel his Southwest flight? Because I saw that look exactly this for a few people actually in front of the kids and everything. So I get yeah. it. Some people just lose it, but uh, obviously for Sark, that's yeah, that's un- it's conduct unbecoming. No of Echo, Texas. We we criticized Tom Herman for this very Abs- same thing. Yes, we did. Right for the headbutt and the double birds and the what what he's talking about the securing yep, the, the bag, yep, yep, all yep, these little silly yep. things. Like, I'm sorry, Coach. I, I listen. I know what you were trying to do, and I get how you viewed it, and I get how it's perceived. But that is conduct unbecoming of the head coach at the University of Texas. And he won sorry. more games too. Tom Bo Herman. Tom Bo Herman. Tom, you're a Kai, you Kai Money tweeted out. Yeah. He said Tom, Tom Herman would have won that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Kai Money's still, still going still to the map for it. Tom He's Herman. Still repping for I'm him. Still on that. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Take your shots. Take your shots. Uh, all right. That, that, that was Steven. That was not Sark. Sark was- Sark's cooler than that. Right. That, I tell you, Steven, see, Steven started that damn game. <laughs> we knew it. Yeah, it makes that sense. was Steven. It makes sense. Oh, you know what? Was him. Now. Hey, so, hey, that was Steven. Hey, we know the game plan for opposing coaches. Oh, Get some man. production guy to grab Sark's chest. <laughs> And just no. let him run just out. grab one boob of Sark and it's over. Well, uh, I guess you're right. You're right. You're, yeah. you're the opposing team. You got to make him lose his issue. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, that's not Sark. That was Steven, ladies and gentlemen. So Steven was ready. He started that game. It was Steven's play calling to start the game. That's why he chunked that deep ball early on. That was a lot of it was a lot of Steven going on. In that I game. love it. I yeah, love it. Unfortunately, and you know what? <laughs> that damn cowboy hat that he had on before the game. Right. Also, Steven. Man, that was not Sark. Sark got not, more swag than that. Yeah, I was not. That was Steven. I was not excited when I saw that cowboy hat because number one, it didn't look like it fit properly. Because it was Steven put it on. Steven. That damn Steven. Oh, damn it. All right. Hopefully this is a, not the, the off-season of Steven. Yeah, we're going to deal with the <laughs> season of the off-season. The off-season of Steven. All right, come back. We'll talk about the Longhorns' disappointing loss to the Washington Huskies on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. <laughs> what if we're not doing it?